0: Good morning everybody and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88 right across Australia. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and...
1: Mon, good morning Lyle. How are you today? I'm
0: great today. Feeling
1: positive?
0: Always feeling positive when I get to talk to our
1: listeners. Amen. Mm, good point.
0: Yeah. We, we, we love you guys a lot. A lot, a lot. Absolutely <laughs> And what have we got Coming up on today's show
1: Oh we have an interview With uh, Andrew Hunt A.K.A. Hunty uh, We have a wonderful Bible study in Galatians We have a quiz And a question of the day But oh, We've got
0: an amazing Little piece by Dr. Sven Ostring On, yes. uh, on creation as well The
1: new book by Dan Brown Yes uh, But the problem is Listeners You're listening To the delayed broadcast That's right. So, if you wanted to join in with the quiz and the question of the day, you actually can't. But you can. You can. can. How do they do it, Lyle?
0: Okay, so you jump online, listen to us at faithfm.com.au, or even better still,
1: you can just download the TuneIn app. This is what everybody else is
0: doing. I was just talking to somebody just here a moment ago, and they listen to our show every day on TuneIn.
1: My friend in India just downloaded TuneIn so he could listen in the show. How cool is that? People in India, people in England,
0: people in South Africa, people in the United States, people in South UK America as
1: well yeah all over what you gotta do is uh, download it for free and then you can search for Faith FM Australia and you can listen to us totally free totally clear signal don't need to worry about whether or not your radio signal will pick up just a wonderful way to listen to radio That's
0: the way to go So jump on there and uh, head down that path And of course we have some great music coming up As always Inspiring music We have the free giveaway We have mm. the question of the day Where somebody wants to know Why does God already taken some people to heaven?
1: It's a very good question I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing the answer yeah, to that I'm one, no, Lyle no. Well, stay tuned We're going to have a quick song break Carly Fletcher in the name of Jesus
2: Wish name
0: Carly Fletcher, in the name of Jesus, here on Faith FM, and Mon, what are we talking about mm. this morning?
1: I have some positive news for you, Lyle.
0: That's because we are Faith FM, which is positively different radio.
1: Indeed we are, and this is actually good news for, I, um, I'm hoping, quite a few listeners who might be having a bit of a struggle with addiction, actually, with mm-hmm. uh, particularly mm-hmm. with alcohol addiction.
0: Yep, um, so, this, so- if this is something you're struggling with, then... Uh, <laughs> Stay yeah, tuned. absolutely.
1: absolutely. Definitely stay tuned for this. So, there is uh, a former alcoholic who has made an app to help other addicts in recovery.
0: So, how do you how do you recover from alcoholism with an app?
1: Well, let me first tell you about this guy. So, his name is Samuel Bennett. And I love this because I know, I know that a lot of people are down about the digital age and, you know, digital age made everything worse. You know, people don't communicate anymore. We don't connect anymore. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. that's blah. true. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I mean... T- totally... I think it's I think it's a tool right you can use yeah. it for good you can use it for, for bad and uh, and I love it when you get glimpses of people who've used it in an innovative way for good um so Samuel Bennett he actually this is kind of a sad story so he actually became an alcoholic in his teens he started drinking when he was only 12 years old and um you know, basically went on to spend his 18th birthday in rehab and uh, went through eight different uh, treatment centers over the years. Um, you know, Brink a suicide. Uh, he's now 31. So he's been re- in recovery for two years and he's developing a phone app called meet for a coffee. Okay. Yeah. M E E T the number four, A C O F F E E. If you want to look that up, meet for a coffee. And, uh, and this is quite serious, you know, um, people should take this, this stuff very seriously. So, He was saying, you know, when he was going through... Because, you know, being an alcoholic through teenage years Mm -hmm. usually means you don't have any friends and family left after that. And um, so he doesn't have a support network. And... For people who do know anything about the recovery programs that are out there, support networks are so important. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. and he's saying, you know, this is how it's been done for hundreds of years. You know, um, to have a support network uh, is is absolutely vital. And he just says this is a way that you know he's doing, making it in the digital age.
0: Mm-hmm. He's just
1: he's not doing anything new. He's not reinventing the wheel. He's just he's just updating
0: the system. So, so this is uh, Alcoholics Anonymous for. On yeah, an app. Yeah, on an app. On an es- app. Es- essentially. On an
1: app indeed. And um, and I think this is great because, um, you know, recovery supports recovery. So, he himself is using this as, you know, part of his own recovery journey mm-hmm. from his addiction, um, helping other people. And you know, it's become his passion and he can give back in this way. And, um, and he, you know, it's incredible the way he started because he said he was homeless when he started this app. And, um <laughs>
0: I wonder how old he was when he was homeless.
1: Yeah, well, it must have only been just a few years ago in his, so in his late 20s because he's now 31. Mm-hmm. He said he sketched it up on a piece of cardboard on the side of the road and, uh, you know, he was kind of ready to give up but the app became part of his reason to keep going. So you know, even after – you know, can you imagine if you've been an alcoholic since you are 12 – and, you know, all your life, you probably don't have many skills. You probably aren't very employable by that time. So, this is incredible the way that he's... um and he's just sort of you know, well, crowdfunding. What I find most
0: interesting is often when you see a homeless person, uh, you, you know, we are tempted on occasions to think, well, they must be a person of lesser intelligence because why would they be homeless? Mm, Whereas the simple true. reality here is you've got somebody who's developing a highly sophisticated app mm-hmm. as a homeless person.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and he said this this is the nature of addiction. Like it's often a very all or nothing. Like he would go through points in his teens where he was sober. Um, so, you know, he got into like powerlifting and he was qualifying for, you know, the national powerlifting team. And then suddenly addiction would just take him and throw him somewhere else. And then he'd be like, you know, sitting in a crack house, drinking vodka and smoking drugs he'd never heard of. So the way that addiction works, it, you know, it's like, like a massive switch to switching around back and forth and back and forth. And so, yeah, like you said, you don't have to be... Um, in any way, stupid or, or unintelligent, like addiction hits everybody, mm-hmm. and if most people, like everyone, has the capacity to be addicted. Sure. So, but I, I just found it was interesting because there was something that I remember reading um, just recently <coughs> that was actually quite interesting to me about alcoholism in Australia. Did you know that sixty-six percent of Australians don't actually drink alcohol? I
0: did not know that. Yeah, I didn't. I knew that. I knew that it was a relatively high number, mm. but I, I had no idea it was that high. And
1: because it's it, we make such a culture of it. Like you know, that's right. And we and always drinking. It goes yeah, yeah. hand in hand. But it's actually forty four percent of people that drink, and so the people that drink are drinking a lot and making it a big image.
0: Oh yeah. But yeah, and there's so much peer pressure that goes mm. with drinking because you know it's there's there's this. There's this culture of we drink, well, because everybody does it.
1: Yeah, and it's absolutely not No, true.
0: everybody, most people don't, don't drink. drink. Yeah. And what makes me sad is when I see Christians that take up drinking alcohol because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody does it and they want to fit in and they want to be cool and they want to, you know, uh, fit in with uh, you know, other social networks where everybody else is doing it, where the simple reality is they're wrong.
1: Yeah, it's a minority yeah. and it's advertising as well, I think, that makes you think. That everyone's doing it, but absolutely
0: not. And I think this is because of the increasing health awareness mm-hmm. that we have here in Australia. Australia tends to be very healthy, health aware, even though we are quite sick as a nation and you know quite overweight. Um, you've got another you know twenty percent of Australians self identify as being vegetarian, mm-hmm. and you know these are some of the highest numbers that you'll find anywhere in the world, and they are numbers that are growing.
1: Yeah, they certainly are. Which
0: is a very positive. Um, trend that we have in society towards health, and people are recognising that 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 alcohol is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than smoking. And smoking has dropped in Australia just dramatically oh. from mm-hmm. when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, it was smoking was the thing that everybody did. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the in the uh, uh, mid to late seventies, and now. You go, you're going to see the same trend with alcohol as people realise that this is what's calling so, causing so much cancer and you know, particularly breast cancer in women and so forth. I mean, you're basically drinking something that um, you really should be using as a either an industrial cleaner or a fuel and it's for not just, an engine. It's not just internet. health
1: issues. It's social issues as well. Like, it just... Breakdowns of the family, right. relationships, violence, crime, drink driving alone, just massive amounts of woe.
0: And what we what we need to see, and I think what we uh, are going to see and already are, is increasing taxes on alcohol to pay for the social and health um, issues that it is costing the government mm. uh, because you know people that are inflicting this upon themselves really should be the ones who is like, well, if I'm going to b- place this kind of burden on the government, then, yep, let's, let's pay it forward.
1: And I think that's quite fair, actually. Did you hear – someone was just telling me the other day, did you hear about the pub in Newcastle that's being purchased by a women's refugee Um um, it's a
0: pub in Curry. I do know a little bit about this. Yeah. A women's refuge, and what a great that they are planning to open the bar with non-alcoholic drinks. Isn't that great? And a vegetarian menu.
1: Yeah. At first, I was like, wait, isn't that like a direct conflict of interest having like a, a, a women's crisis centre, which is a pub. Yeah, which is surely going to be caused a lot by alcohol, but yeah. they're going to buy a pub. But yeah, a non alcoholic pub, I think that's awesome. I really hope that catches Great on. Great like, idea. More that's and in, that's more in Curry.
0: That. So uh, if you can give those guys any encouragement, then do so. If you get in contact with us, we can uh, let you know more about that.
1: What does the Bible say about alcohol?
0: The Bible has a lot to say about alcohol. In fact, the Bible likens alcoholism to puts it in the same category as idolatry, prostitution, and theft. Wow. So that's pretty strong. That's very strong. You know, so basically the Bible's saying, okay, if you're going to consider using alcohol, um, it's the, on, on the equivalent level of considering becoming a prostitute.
1: Okay, Lyle. That's 1 the-
0: Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, by the way.
1: I, I just want to quickly jump to our quiz. Not oh, the quiz. And the, quiz. Yes, mm-hmm. the quiz. Yes, the quiz. Let's have the quiz. Okay. So, here we go. This is a what creature am I quiz. And the first clue is this animal is mentioned in the parable of the Good Samaritan.
0: What creature am I? What Creature is mentioned in the parable. Do you know it? Yes.
1: Oh, Lyle. <laughs> Lyle always gets it. With the, oh. If you have a question, by the way, that you can stump Lyle with, a quiz clue that Lyle just won't get, please call us. Let us know. Stump Lyle. I will send you two prizes. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. And this is also the number to call if you know what creature it is. Uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 491 or you can jump on our Facebook even, Faith FM Australia. And today's prize is going to be the Tell the World DVD.
0: Fantastic. Love that DVD. Great little, uh, it's almost like a mini-series.
1: Yeah, it's or amazing. Have you sure. watched it? I have. Yeah, it's really good. What is it about?
0: I watched, I, I saw a previewing of this before the final edit came out.
1: R- Aren't you special?
0: Yeah. Okay, so this is great about the great second advent movement that took place in the 1830s. Um, and it was a global movement. It was a world, one of the greatest revivals, definitely the most worldwide revival amongst Christianity that our world has ever seen. Oh, really? And yes, many people have forgotten it today. Some of the bigger revivals or some of the more well-known ones like the Great Reformation of the 16th century um, are more well-known. But you know, that was a revival that was limited to... Western Europe, even northern Western Europe, whereas this one was actually global.
1: Well, if you think you know the answer, give us a call, The Animal in the Good Samaritan Parable, and you can get that DVD for yourself.
0: This is Mel Venus.
3: All things that could not satisfy. So, my children, if the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away.
0: Listening to Malvinus, like the woman at the well, here on Faith FM. And Monica, have you ever read a Dan Brown novel?
1: Oh, never in my life. <laughs> never read one. <laughs> I'm just not interested. I've never read one of these books. Never seen one of the movies. I, yeah, I'm just just not my cup of tea, really.
0: Yes. Well, of course, late last year, Dan Brown came out with a new novel, and once again, attacking Christianity.
1: What have all his novels been like? Um, what are they called?
0: Oh, uh, The Da Vinci Vinci Code Code was the big one. So yeah, Angels
1: and Demons or something, Uh yeah. And then this, there's another one? There's
0: another one. What is it about? Origins. Origins. Yes, this one's about origins and, of course, this one attacking the concept of creation.
1: I thought they were like little story novel kind of thing. I didn't realise that he was trying to make some sort of like scientific, you know, refuting of anything. Well, actually, if you
0: um, read Dan Brown's stuff, it is very unscientific. Okay,
1: okay. But
0: needless to say, there are those who... uh, um, Who do take some of his material seriously? And I have an expert on the line. Ooh. Dr. Sven Ostring. Are you there, Sven?
4: I am indeed. Good to to be with you guys.
0: Welcome to the show. morning, Sven. How are you?
4: I'm really, I'm really good. Just, uh, just getting ready for work, but I uh, thought I'd stop by and and uh, join you this morning.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, so there's a couple of with this Dan, Dan Brown novel that came out last year, um, Origins. There's a number of claims that are made, and of course, we've got to remember this is a novel, so we can't give them too hard of a time. But people do take this kind of material seriously mm. at, at times. And uh, the first, the first question that I wanted to put to you is. Um, that uh, the claim made here that life arose spontaneously from the law of physics, Doctor Sven, what would you say in relationship to that?
4: Well, it is a fascinating statement. You know, I think the thing is that uh, people have been interested uh, where life came from. Basically, you go back um, through through recorded human history, and uh, Darwin himself. Um, suggested that life spontaneously arose in some primordial warm little ponds to kind of coat him, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's quite a um, you know nice nice suggestion. Uh, but the thing is that what w- has happened is that since Darwin's time, uh, we have actually discovered so much more about life. In fact, what we've discovered is that the information for life is c- encoded. Onto these tiny little amazing molecules, which are like a double helix, mm-hmm. um, in shape, and they're called DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid. And, um, these molecules, the, the only purpose they really have is to record the information, um, for life itself, for, for us and for all of animals and plants as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's used through little molecules called nucleotides, and uh, we represent them as letters. So we, we say that one is C, one is G, one one is A, and one is T. And um, it was just an amazing discovery to find the very um, information storage for life. Now, what the other thing that we have discovered since is this, is that these nucleotides do not bonds together according to the laws of physics in terms of they they don't automatically connect up like the the G doesn't connect to the A just because they they bond in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. They actually arrange because of information, just like you and Monica um, could, you could put strings of sentences and letters together according to the information that you want to share on Faith FM, Mm -hmm. and you're not obligated, due to the laws of physics, just to put those sentences together. So what it means is that contrary to what Darwin thought and what Dan Brown said, the way that information for life is arranged does not occur, uh, occur according uh, to the laws of chemistry and physics. It's actually due to a much higher level um, uh, system level of thinking, which is information. And so people who believe uh, that life spontaneously arose do so actually not on the uh, basis of physics, but on the basis of their faith in atheism. And and the fact is that no one was there to observe uh, life when it when it first appeared. So so this statement is really goes against what we've discovered um, in science, and also is simply um, has not been observed.
0: Sure. Now, my understanding is that uh, uh, you know lo- the laws of physics are really dealing with um, matter and energy, and Correct, and so yes. my my question then is, what part of matter and energy is information?
4: Well, um, that's a very interesting question, and the the fact is this: is that information is a whole another category um, that does not occur um, simply within uh, physics and the arrangement that occurs within in matter. Mm. So you'll have crystals. So, say for example, your salt crystal that you know uh, it's on your salt shaker on your table in the morning or at the cafe, and um, when you shake out the salt, it comes with a very regular structure based on the laws of physics and chemistry, how mm, sure. the sodium and the chlorine uh, bonds together. But that's a regular pattern and that's not information. Information is a higher order of, of um for life itself, and it doesn't uh, come within simply the laws of physics and chemistry, and that's exactly what we found in DNA as well. It's, it's a truly fascinating uh, area to look at.
0: So, very quickly, because I want to get on to some other points here, but has there ever been an instance where information has spontaneously existed other than coming from intelligence? That, that's well, been observed. I mean, that's been observed.
4: Yeah. I mean, evolutionists would say, "Well, it has occurred in in life itself," um, but that's the problem with that is that they're assuming that it's come spontaneously. They haven't actually observed it. Um, right. The reality so it's an is not any, yeah, it is an assumption. It's an assumption. It's a faith. Um, based statement mm-hmm. and any other um, information that we've received has come from intelligent sources and inclu- including for example um, SETI which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence we're actually looking for information and if we find information encoded in radio signals coming from outer space then we assume, not that it's occurred due to physics, we then assume that it's occurred because there's intelligent life out there mm-hmm. and what we have in DNA is actually an information trace which points to the fact that life itself was intelligently designed
0: That's fascinating Now, just uh, um, Dr. Sven Ostring, um, another statement here Evolution is proven um, by a clear um, uh, timeline based on the fossil record In a couple of minutes, what would, you have, what would your, your response be?
4: Well, this was one of Darwin's big worries. And the fact is that that Darwin saw in the fossil record that there was these big gaps. Mm -hmm. And um, and he he knew about it. And what he said is, look, I'm confident that we'll find these transition fossils, these um, these bridges. But the the fact is that we have... We have not found them. In fact, what we've found is what they call a Cambrian explosion, which is this big um, uh, eruption of fossils at, at a the Cambrian level in the, uh, the fossil record where many different life forms um, appeared, are fully formed with no transitions. And the other thing we've found as well is that in biology, um, the gaps between um, the, these animal forms, the life forms, has actually got bigger because the com- complexity of their body uh, types, their, their uh, physiology and all of those kind of things has increased. So as science has gone, the gaps have not shrunk. In fact, they've got bigger and, and the, the transition, the fossils that we've found have not been transitions that actually have not bridged the gaps at all.
0: So the key, the key phrase then, I guess, when we talk about missing links is that they are actually, that they are exactly that, they are missing.
4: That, that's, that's correct, we, we do not have them And paleontologists have not found anything to bridge um, the, these major gaps in the fossil record
0: Okay, so um, we also had this statement here that um, we as humans are not special We exist with or without God That's a little bit uh, cold of a statement, mm. wouldn't you say?
4: mm it is it is, and it 's funny because um, I was actually speaking with a friend of mine in Cambridge just a couple of weeks ago, and she made a similar statement and and she was inviting me to do an online course in in humanism um, which basically focuses on uh, what we are as human beings hmm. and um, I actually humorously pointed out to her that animals might be a little bit offended uh, that we organize courses on humanism and and, um, and we, it might feel a bit kind of arrogant uh, that we do so, um, and that we never invite them to come. But the reality is that animals um, can't enroll for our, our courses, particularly the ones on humanism, and uh, they can't in, in, get involved and engaged in, in any of the educational pursuits um, that we <coughs> do all the time. And what we have...
0: Simply because they, is, are, um, they are not human.
4: Yes, that's correct. What, what it points to Sven, is that we have. I'm going to have to
0: call you back and, and continue this conversation at another time. We've got to go to a song break, but it's been fantastic having you. Thank you so much for joining us.
5: And hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees When I look down from lofty mountain grandeur And hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee God, His Son, not sparing, sent Him to die. I scarce can take it in that on a cross, my burdens gladly bearing, He. I
0: back everybody you're listening to faith fm 87.6 87.8 and 88 right across australia and i have on the phone today the one and only andrew hunt andrew welcome to the show thanks lyle how are you mate yeah good thanks now um i'm not used to calling you andrew i was just
1: gonna say can we just get out to calling you hunty
0: (laughs) that's better now i feel comfortable (laughs) everybody knows you as Hunty, so and uh i'm imagining that a lot of our listeners don't actually know you but they probably, a lot of them, do know the Aussie pastor. And you're kind of the man behind the Aussie pastor, is that right?
6: Well, I I do support Lloyd's ministry big time. He's he's a man of God, that the Spirit of God is blessing. So in that respect, yes. Praise God. Definitely behind him.
0: Yeah. Now I want to hear more about that story um, and in detail. But before we get there, um, I, I want to know a little bit about you. Let's let's um, for our listeners who who Uh-oh. is who is this guy? Who is who is Hunty? Where does he come from? What does he do? So um, where do you come from, Hunty?
6: Man, I was born in the uh, beautiful city of Sydney. Oh, of course. So I claim to be an Aussie, yep. born here and. I grew up in an Adventist home, so I've been a Seventh-day Adventist my whole life.
0: Okay, so when you say you've been a Seventh-day Adventist your whole life, does that mean that you were just born with that DNA, you've had that connection with God from your earliest memory, or was there a point in your life where um, there was a a change, a dramatic change that took place at any any stage?
6: Well, I wish I did have one of those those blinding light experiences, but no, I I was born in the church, went right through the Adventist school system and the church system and Kind of it, it, absorbed my life, and I've been very passionate about it my whole life. Um, the Lord has has brought me to attention a couple of times, <laughs> as He does. So I have a as He does, yes. When you do the wrong thing, He lets you know, and I I have a very strong faith, and I'm very blessed to To be where I am today, Amen. Yeah, I think it's good
1: sometimes to hear a testimony of a person who's grown up as a child and never really lost, left the Lord, and you know the blessings that you'll see that that person's experienced through their life um, of, of having you know lived a life the whole time walking with the Lord.
0: Now, Honey, I understand you're a creative person and you have a whole ministry that is based around media. Where did you? How did you start getting into media? Where did that all start?
6: Well, that's, um, that's interesting. I was a bit of a loser at school.
0: A- <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know that feeling.
6: <laughs> um, I did not like school. I hated school. I thought it was a waste of time. I thought they're teaching me nothing uh-huh. that will help me whatsoever in my later life because I knew where I was going in school. I was going to be in rock and roll. I was going to be the sound guy. I was going to have you know, a big bunch of keys on my belt for all the gaff tape, and I was going to tour the world <laughs> doing rock and roll.
0: There you go. But- so you've, you've had this aim for a- This goes back a ways then.
6: Well, what happened was I, I started doing sound for school and the musicals and various bands and friends' bands. And the school I went to decided they wanted to put on a musical production. And I thought, this would be fun. So I signed up for that. And things conspired for the band. Now,
0: now, now just, I'm just butting here for a second. <laughs> it sounds like you're actually enjoying school here.
6: Mate, for the first time, I'm enjoying school because I'm not going to any classes. <laughs>
2: I'm, helping I'm
6: helping design set and stage and choreography. Oh, that was—that's a story I probably can't tell. But we had what we call a eurythmic section, which was basically just dancing. But we couldn't say that at school. I would so they were they were supporters of the program, not mm-hmm. dancers. Anyway, I was part of that scene, and um, it was pr- it was pretty cool because the. The band that was chosen was Warren Judd's band, and he's a quite an accomplished musician and composer and songwriter and, and uh, conductor. And the sound guy that was supposed to turn up and do the production didn't. And at the last.
0: Oh, so you, time, weren't, you weren't actually. You weren't actually the sound guy for the show. You were just sort of um, part of the I team. Was the
6: guy, I was the guy for the rehearsals. I was the guy that did all the setup and all the practicing. But there was a the proper sound guy chosen yeah. to do the performance at the Bankstown Civic Centre. Yeah, because normally um, you don't you don't put the the
0: uh, Year Ten year. student in to um, to run the sound exactly. for uh, the,
6: the big show. show, and that's what I and that's what I was. I was the Year Ten student,
0: uh-huh.
6: or Year Eleven student, whatever. And um, and so at the last second, so this is Bankstown Civic Centre, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So how many? How many? How How big of a production is this? How many people do you seat there?
6: Uh, I, I think it was thousands. I yeah. think, I Whoa! This was, this was in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and it was, had some very high-tech equipment as well at the time. I mean, look back at it now, it was probably a tin cannon string. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it had some pretty high-tech equipment from what I was used to at the time. And and so Warren I said, you can do it. Come in. Just sit down on the desk and figure it out. So I, I did. And I had just the most amazing experience had a great time, and Warren and said, look, mate, you need to be my sound guy for my band from now on.
3: Oh, wow. wow.
6: So, long story short. So, was that the, was end, the end of producer. school? No, I ended up running through to year 12, mm-hmm. but um, I was working part-time on weekends and evenings doing sound band yeah. and running around having fun, and he was the producer at the Adventist Media Centre. He was the film guy, the TV guy, and I was I was doing stuff after school and evenings and weekends and school holidays and... One thing led to another and I all of a sudden realised that my rock and roll career was completely incompatible with my faith because it would have had me setting up equipment and, and working on Friday nights and Sabbaths and, and back then some of the bands that that I, would, I got asked to do sound for like... Um, Angels, and um, ACDC, other, other bands that I was offered touring opportunities with.
0: Yeah, we don't play those bands here on Face
6: not <laughs> compatible. I was in his
0: yeah, sure.
6: <laughs> so I realised that that pathway I probably couldn't follow. So that's, sure. that was what happened. So TV I went into.
0: Okay, so you've moved from sound to TV now. And uh, take us on a little bit of that journey. Um, did you start with TV at the Media Network?
6: I did. I right. started after school, and, and then and I got a part-time job. They didn't actually have a TV department, um, but they did just lose their Storman and packer. So I was offered the job of Storman and packer. Okay. And that was a one day a yep. week. That was a one day a week job. So I said, yeah, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. So I became the the Stallman and packer for one day a week, and then the other four days of the week, uh, Warren Judd let me help build the TV department and oh, do wow. TV productions.
0: And what kind of TV shows and, were you doing back then?
6: Well, back then it was Jeff Yulden, John Carter, Graham Bradford. These were were big evangelists in the Adventist church back in the 80s. -hmm. And just working for John Carter opened up so many doors for me because he brought a highfalutin TV director from Hollywood out to direct the show. Well, that guy got sick. Or whatever reason, faded away, and Lawrence said, "You can do this. Jump in and do it." It seems like <laughs> so, it seems
0: like the Lord has been working, you know, sort of behind the scenes here, Hunty, to um, make certain people sick on certain days. They're probably not so thankful to you about look, this. My life, to open my life, doors for you,
6: I'm I'm a Graham Bradbury. I tell you, you know the story of the Olympic skater who was the last man standing and won gold.
0: Sure, sure, yeah, <laughs> that's
6: that's me. That's my whole life because I've I've had quite a few opportunities through the fact that I was standing there and I was still alive that, that I'm so, so grateful to. But, yeah, know, I can see God has just had me in the palm of his hand from an early age. In fact, I remember praying a prayer when I was very young. I said to God, hey, I really want to do something for you, God, but I don't want. And I started listing all the things I didn't want, uh-huh. which was pastor, and preacher, idea. and uh, I listed them all. Uh-huh. I said, but God, if you can find something for me to do, I'll be, I'll be really grateful. Well, he did.
0: Yeah, praise God Amen Now, um, at some particular point, you moved on from uh, doing those kind of programs at the Media Network And started producing a television show for um, you know, mainstream TV here in Australia At what point did you start putting that show together? How did, how did that come about?
6: You're talking about um, Aussie Pastors TV program.
0: Well, yeah. Well, let's go back through the history of the Aussie Pastor TV program because that's got quite a long history. Um, that right, begins let's, back in Warunga is, is that? Years. Yeah. Yes.
6: Yes. Let's rewind. There's They used to have in Australia a thing called community TV.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: But our illustrious Prime Minister My, um, Turnbull, when he was in charge of communications, decided that that airspace could make more money if it was sold to um, wireless data. So we lost their channel, but we had Pastor Lloyd on air. Every Sunday morning, on Channel Thirty One in Sydney, which was the community TV station, and he had quite a following. Sure. We we estimated that we had about twenty thousand viewers regularly watching. That's significant. Um, yeah, it's pretty it's great because when we were we out out and about filming in the streets, people would come up to, to Pastor Lloyd and they'd say, um, "Do I know you?" And they'd scratch their head, and then it would be finally be revealed that yeah, they watched his TV program on Sunday morning. Anyway, the the internet opened up and we were able to live stream, and that raised the awareness even more. And at some point, we had 10 or 15,000 viewers online for church. Wow. Live stream. So you're
0: live streaming to, to, to 10 or 15,000. You've got another, yes. say, 20,000 on uh, Channel 31. So yes. between those two audiences, that's a, um, a rather large
6: church Huge audience church. that you guys are having. Indeed. And, and then we decided, well, it was decided for us that, that we needed to make it a new church church mm-hmm. plant called New Hope Yep, and so we set off the three of us, Claire, Lloyd and I we set off into Western Sydney to find a place and set up a church Yep. so <clears throat> how much time have you got? Because I've got the long version or the short version of this.
0: Okay, I've got five minutes. Can you Can you give me the five minute version?
6: Okay, the five-minute version. The five-minute version. Well, we we started this church plant, and we hired a room that said 200 people, Mm -hmm. and we thought we'd be lucky to get 15 people or 10 people. Yep. yep. But on our first Sabbath, it was full, 200 people. Yep. (laughs) So we figured, oh, that's just people coming for a sticky break, just because of our profile with television and internet and live streaming, etc. But the next week, it was 200 people. And we thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Anyway, six, six months later, it did dwindle down a bit. We were down around 150, 200 people regularly. But we had started a church plant and it was running well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We then moved to a larger venue. Now, this this, this church plant is all being live-streamed, right? Yeah, just only live-streaming. That's all we were doing at the time.
0: Yep. But only, uh, li- only, only live-streaming to, to 15,000, 20,000 people is um, significant.
6: Yes, and also we were still making programs for Hope Channel, which is the Adventist Church's satellite TV network globally. We were still sending our programs off to them as well. Mm-hmm. So we we did have possibly a, a million or so viewers globally off on Hope Channel. Mm-hmm, hmm And last year, the start of last year, an opportunity came right before us to go on the Channel 9 network. Oh, wow. With the Aussie Pastor TV program, and we could not pass that up. It was an amazing opportunity. It was a miracle. Um, how we got there was just purely the Holy Spirit and God, but in a nutshell, um, we were given a grant by the head officer of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in America. We were given a grant to... to evangelized through television some of the big cities in Sydney, in Australia. So we received some money, and Lloyd and I got busy making TV programs. Well, halfway through the year, we got a call from the guy, a liaison guy with Channel 9. He said, you won't believe this. You guys outrated Hillsong last weekend. Oh, wow. Wow. And we said, what? How is that even possible? (laughs) Anyway, anyway, um, the program went from strength to strength. Um, in fact, we were filming on Manly Beach, um, Narrabeen Beach one day, and Lloyd and I were filming, and I could see the Manly Sea Eagles, the footballers, were, were training. Anyway, yeah. right in the middle of the shoot, one of these guys comes over to us, right in the middle of the f- filming, and says to Lloyd, I know you. And Lloyd looks at him, and um, I said, maybe you know his TV program. We're on Sunday morning on Jem. And the footballer <laughs> guy said, that's right, yes, I watch you every Sunday morning on Channel Gem." So Lloyd and I were absolutely blown away. We did not expect that we were being watched by million-dollar football players.
0: So did you grab him for an interview?
6: (laughs) (laughs) But we've had so much feedback through email and through our Facebook page from people watching all over the countryside. I I can barely take Lloyd anywhere near without people coming up to him saying, I know you. So when we film now, I have to be prepared to take an extra 10, 15 minutes just to just for us to find a spot that's quiet.
0: Sure, and let Lloyd talk to, um, talk to people and witness to them and share share with them, I guess, that's uh, right. as those opportunities that's right. come by.
6: Yeah, so at the moment, we're in production. We've got an exciting new series we're working on that we, we're raising the bar on. Mm-hmm. Um, without giving too much away, um, we'll be down next week filming Adelaide at, with the Sharks. Uh-huh. Um, that sounds exciting um,
0: Yeah, you're getting, yes. in, you're getting in the water with the sharks there, aren't
6: you? We'll be putting Void in the water <laughs> <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a camera on a pole I'll put in
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic
6: So yeah, so we're, we're, in, we're in pre-production right now We hope to get um, the first series done in the next few weeks Yep. And then hopefully we'll be back on air later this year And you've got a studio you
0: take on the road these days, I understand Like just hook it up and drive off, right?
6: Yeah, we've we've just finished making a large production vehicle, which gives us the ability to to turn up anywhere, uh, plug into a, a building and start live streaming a six camera shoot with full sound and graphics. And so, we have now got a mobile live facility. We've also built a studio um, on Lloyd's property. Lloyd's got a property, and we've built a full TV studio on that, which is fully equipped with lights and sound and cameras, which we can go into any day of the week and just start filming. So if you've, if you've seen our TV program, the Aussie Pastor's Man Cave, that's on Lloyd's, um, on Lloyd's Farm on his property. Fantastic.
0: Well, in our last uh, couple of seconds here, how do we watch the program and, uh, and and engage with the Aussie Pastor?
6: Right now, the easiest way to find us is through the internet. Mm-hmm. www.findjesus.tv or www.aussiepastor.com.
0: Too easy. So findjesus.tv Indeed. or aussiepastor.com? Yep. Those two right Indeed. there. Fantastic. Yep. Hundy, it has been, so, uh, it's been awesome to have you on the, on the show today and to hear your story and hear how God has used your creative abilities. You're listening to Faith FM. We'll be back with more in a moment just after this.